Welcome to show 77 of the C-Suite podcast being produced in partnership with the British Business Bank, Diversity VC and the British Private Equity and Venture Capital Association or BBCA as they are better known. Uh, This episode is being recorded to coincide with the release of a new report from all three of these organisations commissioned by the UK's HM Treasury uh, which highlights the fact that female startup founders are missing out on billions of pounds of investment. Uh, Now the research has identified specific barriers faced by female-led firms in accessing venture capital and its aim is to help inform ongoing government work to tackle these barriers and boost the untapped economic potential of businesses. My name is Russell Goldsmith and joining me in the studio to discuss these findings of the report and their wider implications uh, we have Alice Hu Wagner, a Managing Director for Strategy and Economics at the British Business Bank, Francesca Warner, CEO and Co-Founder of Diversity VC, a non-profit partnership formed to promote diversity and inclusion in venture capital and David Mott, Chair of the BBCA's Venture Capital Committee and David is also founder partner of the private equity firm Oxford Capital. So welcome all of you and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. you. Alice, let's come to you first. Perhaps you can kick things off by just quickly giving us an introduction to the British uh, Business Bank, but also how and why this report came about. Certainly. The British Business Bank is the UK government's uh, economic development bank. So we look after increasing access to finance for small and medium-sized enterprises in the UK. Uh, last year, HM Treasury commissioned a piece of work with regards to patient capital, or how to get increasing amounts of long-term capital for innovation to UK small businesses. Now, as part of that, venture capital is a critical element, and um, we cared. We looked at all, not only the uh, supply of capital, but also where it was going. And so therefore, we wanted to look at specifically female founders and whether or not the venture capital got to female founders. And so we turned to um, the community of venture capital firms that we know, and 45 stepped forward to provide anonymous data on the gender makeup of founding teams that they had had contact with. First, when the founders pitched themselves and presented them for the first time, and secondly at investment committee when the venture capital firms decided whether or not to allocate capital. And by looking at these two decision points, we sought to see you know, what, what the makeup was of female-founded or mixed-gender uh, companies throughout the process was. Overall, the firms in our sample represent more than 13 billion pounds of assets under management. They're, very, they're big and small and across all sorts of sectors are very widely distributed, and we think broadly they're represented. Um, Now obviously I've had a a sneak preview at at the report before um, producing this podcast. The headline statistic in the report is that of the 5.6 billion of venture capital invested in 2017 in the UK, 89% went to all male founder teams. Did that surprise you in any way? I think it did and it didn't. On one level, operating in this sector, you can't help seeing how male-dominated it is. I mean, it's it's obvious. I think, though, I was shocked by quite the scale mm. of it. I think that um, being able to quantify, and this is a very quantitatively driven sector, being able to quantify that it's 89%, that you know quite how much, how dominant it was, was a bit of a shock. Okay. Um, Check, let's, let's bring you into the, the conversation here. And um, it would be great to get a little bit of background as um, to diversity VC, but I'm, I'm also guessing these numbers don't come as a, as a surprise for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So diversity VC is a nonprofit, as you mentioned, and our aim and ambition is all about promoting diversity and inclusion in venture and tech. We came at founding this organisation in March of 2017, and it was co-founded by a group of VCs 
junior VCs working in the industry who just saw all around us exactly as Alice is saying that this is just a very homogenous community that we're part of and just felt that that wasn't right. So we formed the organisation to do four things. The first was collect and publish original data because as Alice says, this is a very quantitative industry and we have very little data on the state of who's actually in the VC industry and then what they're actually funding. So the first uh, study that we ever did was about the number of uh, women in VC, which we did in partnership with the BVCA. The second thing is about how people get into the industry. So we do an internship programme which helps people to to get in from all kinds of diverse backgrounds. The third is how people access uh, capital, so how entrepreneurs actually access capital from diverse backgrounds. And the fourth is how VCs themselves can be more inclusive. The ambition of the whole organisation is about diversity in its broadest sense. So we look at all of the drivers of inclusion and we look at all kinds of diversity. But when the British Business Bank approached us for this report, we felt it was an amazing opportunity to do what had never been done before, which was look at what happens before the companies get funded. So what's going on in the pipeline? And again, that's a real data problem that we don't have. So it's exciting in some ways to have this data now that we can actually start to make targeted interventions. To come back to your earlier question, it's also disappointing that the stats are as they are. And I think one of the things that is quite disappointing for me you know, looking at this and for us as an organisation is how little they're actually moving over time. So of the all-female teams, it's only been a sort of 2% increase over the last 10 years. And we really need to get much better at making targeted interventions now in order to make sure that that number doesn't just continue to move as slowly as it is today. Yeah, so having this research, you think, is going to make a real difference? I really hope so. I think the numbers are incredibly stark. I think the fact that we've got 45 VCs who've already contributed um, to this re- research is, is a great thing. But also there are another at least 100 firms in the UK who didn't participate. Um, so we hope that this is a message to them to say, you know, if this is what it looks like just from these 45 firms who've kind of come progressively and said we want to be part of this, then the, the problem actually, the picture is probably even worse than it looks yeah, in this report. Yeah. Well, we'll, co- we'll come on to how others can get involved um, in, in further research later. But, but David, before we dig a little deeper into the report, what's the BVCA's role in this whole issue? Thanks, Ross. Um, the, the BVCA is a member-led organisation. We've got 750 members who represent um, venture capital firms, private equity firms and institutional investors who together represent billions and billions of pounds of, of investment uh, that comes that backs entrepreneurs here in the UK. As an industry body, our mission is to try and use our resources and our position as a trade body to encourage discussion, to encourage inclusion uh, across all aspects that, that, the, uh, that our industry faces. And how do we do that? Well, we try and promote um, third-party research, and it's great to be um, working together with the British Business Bank and Diversity VC and other organisations to highlight and uh, share some of the, the, the findings from these, these research reports. We can also uh, educate people through our communications with uh, members of parliament and, uh, and other people around the sector. And we also run a whole bunch of conferences during the year, including an annual diversity conference, right. which has been running for a few years now. And I think something just to add to that in terms of looking at this industry versus other industries, typically, particularly in VC, the size of the VCs themselves are very small. So they're only kind of nine people on average. That's what we found in our study that we did with the BBCA. Mm. Um, and so often they don't necessarily have the internal resources to put lots of time and energy and, and funding into this. So bodies like the BBCA and kind of to an extent what Diversity VC are doing are trying to centralise 
the resources, the time, the research, the energy, so that we can make that available for the whole industry. Right. Well, check. Let's let's stick with you for a second. I wanted to look into some of the findings of, of the report in a, in a little bit more detail. So let's start with the fact that only 13% of senior people on UK venture capital investment teams are women, and actually 48% of investment teams have no women at all. So does that have an impact on that headline figure that we were talking about just earlier? Yeah, the fact is we we don't know enough about the correspondence between those two figures at the moment. One thing that has come through in the report is it looks like the the funds which have a female decision maker or female partner actually attract a higher level of deal flow from all female and, and mixed gender teams. However, we don't want to just imply that you have to have a female partner to see female founded companies because anyone can invest in great businesses and uh, you know that sort of doesn't really help the issue if we're just looking at um, female partners in, in, in funds. So although it's important that we have that data and it's important that that number moves and we're doing another study that's coming out later this year which is going to be looking at ethnicity and looking at educational backgrounds and career backgrounds of people coming into the industry, I think it's important that we do separate these two issues and, and talk about them as being things that any team can do regardless if you have a a female decision maker regardless of what your your team looks like you should be doing all these kinds of interventions to encourage more female founders and more diversity in your pipeline sure alice i mean i do think one of the key takeaways of the research is that it highlights how the venture capital uh industry works it works off of networks and that's around people that you know and you know what we see with you know female VCs is that you know in general their networks might be slightly more likely to contain other women or be linked to other women. But by no means is there any um, requirement that says uh, someone who ha- who doesn't who isn't female can't have women in their networks. And I think what is important, given the critical nature of warm introductions for the industry, is that it behooves venture capitalists to look at their networks and be more open about it, to be more inclusive in the broader sense of having their networks reach out to people who don't necessarily look like them or are from the exact same backgrounds Mm. because it's good business. Because a richer, more diverse network will, you know, originate better transactions. Yeah, and I think on the the subject of warm introductions, that in general is a sort of antiquated way of actually receiving deals, to my mind. And actually, if we had a system where you didn't have to know someone in the network of a VC and you could just approach any VC, then you would see a more diverse pipeline of companies. Because right now, uh, the networks that are built around VCs are in and of themselves not very diverse. So, um, you know, we talk a bit about the warm introduction, how kind of mixed gender teams and female teams don't actually see as much benefit from that warm introduction as they go through the pipeline as their male founded colleagues. And uh, so I think one one action, one intervention that VCs can take off the back of this report is looking at do we really need a warm introduction to see a founder coming to us or actually can we take it from anywhere? Well, it's interesting. So, so the data in the report shows that the warm introductions are 13 times more likely to reach an investment committee and be funded than cold submissions, but only 36% of all female teams have a warm introduction compared to 40% for mixed gender and 42% for all male teams. Yes. Um, d- David, it'd be, it'd be good to know how those opportunities are, are reaching you you know, I don't know if you can talk from the BBCA from a wide perspective, but also obviously your own experience as well. Well, I, I think in terms of venture capital for venture capital funds, the due diligence starts from the moment that you, you an opportunity comes through the door, 
And if it comes, if it does come through a warm introduction, it, it's it's a massive sort of step up in the due diligence. And it's it's if it comes from someone who you trust, um, it it makes a big difference. We found that um, one of the best ways of of some some of the best deals we've seen are ones that have been introduced to us by um, CEOs of our existing portfolio companies, where people have connected with them, they've found out about um, about us as a venture capital firm, and and, and consequently, that's led to an introduction. Now, I, I completely agree. You know, how, is, is it? It does sound like a bit of an antiquated way in this era of social media and uh, and mass data. And I think there are a few examples of, of firms that are trying to use more data-focused approaches. But the reality is, today, it is a network-based industry. And the question is, how do, how do we help more female um, founders access those networks and 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 feel less intimidated. I remember the last BVCA event uh, on the di- when we had the diversity conference. There were a lot of questions from the audience on how do I network? How do I just really basic skills? And that seems to be a gap in the market for uh, for a lot of women. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that, you know, we see the problem is in two stages. Uh, on the one hand, you have a pipeline issue where people don't approach in anywhere near equal um, levels. And so, and, and I don't want to downplay that the pipeline is part of the problem. But equally, I don't want to say, oh, well, because the pipeline is there, we don't need or we can't do anything further. Because, you know, when it comes to making an investment, often, you know, it's a, it's a truism that you invest in the team and the talent and not necessarily in the underlying idea because a lot of things happen. Let's, let's face it. And so the quality of the team and the human aspect of it is part of venture capital. And I think that's right. Um, However, the thing is, is the thing that the unconscious bias does have to be raised, right? Who do you think looks like success? You know, who are you going to um, feel bad if, you know, it's, it fails? Keeping in mind that in venture capital, nine out of 10 will fail. And that's okay. That's, that's expected. Um, but, you know, if you, do you want to be challenged because you made a bet on someone who is non-typical, doesn't look the same, versus, oh, you made a bet on someone who looked typical, and so when it failed, well, you know, you couldn't have known. And that's that's a challenge. Hmm. And I think this is something that we want to see the funds really take proactive steps around, because it's all very well saying, oh, I want something to come through my network, but it's on you as the VC to go and build that network in unusual places. So... You know, the fact is, two, you know, a quarter of the funds that we had in our sample did not see a single woman in investment committee last year. The whole year. The whole year. So not one. The, you know, we need to see these funds kind of going out and really, you know, having open office hours. There's a few funds in this sample who do that, yeah. and they have it on a monthly basis, and anyone can sign up and come along. And that's just a great way to start to socialise what VC is and mm. start to do some of that education job for some people who. You know, don't have friends and family who've already gone through the process or maybe work in a VC. And, you know, so you already have a sort of step, step up to knowing what that looks like. So one of the things that VCA is very focused on is trying to showcase best practice across a whole range of issues that affect venture capital firms from decision making to t- talent development and uh, and uh, and deal flow. And it's certainly true that the firms that work harder and are more proactive about sourcing their deal flow and thinking about how to go about finding the best deal flow they're going to uncover more deals and they'll uncover more gems. You know, they will find more needles in more haystacks. And that's, uh, and, and that's key to performance, ultimately, in yeah. venture capital. Our job is to make money for our, for our institutional investors course, yeah. and, and, uh, 
and that, that'll sustain the industry for a long time. And I want to pick up, you, you touched on this earlier, uh, Czech, but this is a wider diversity and inclusion issue than just gender, of course. Alice, do you want to pick up on that at all? Yes, I mean, we started with gender because that was what was commissioned by HM Treasury for the purposes of this research. And because gender is uh, relatively straightforward to assess in a, in a world with uh, data privacy issues. Um, however, we are very, very conscious that diversity does not stop at gender. Um, there are people who are white males who come from working class backgrounds, for example, who are equally or even more severely um, at a disadvantage um, in, in the classical sense, um, or who have disabilities, or people of color, or so on and so forth. And we don't want to um, let anyone who's listening to this podcast think that this is purely about gender. It, it isn't. It's just gender is a good place to start. Yeah, I think that the drivers of a lack of women being included within the industry are also relevant to all of these other groups. And actually taking an intersectional approach to this is really important. One of the groups that's quoted within this report is Fearless Futures, which is a training provider that very much looks at the underlying drivers and causes of the lack of inclusion. And I'd encourage any firms that are thinking about taking um, action around this to look at the broader issue rather than just gender. David. I was just going to make the point that um, one of the exciting things about this this um, whole trend and theme is that diversity is an issue that is being um, is, is not just a board level issue. It's also and very much is, is coming up from the millennials, the new generations in the venture capital firms. Um, in, in my own firm, we had uh, uh, both men and women who are working on collecting the data and supporting this issue. You know, millennials want to see more diversity in their firms, in the por portfolio companies that they're managing, um, and, and, and in, in, in the ecosystem that in which they are building their own careers in. So I think that's a, it's a very positive and encouraging sign. Sorry, Alice. You yeah, just, to, just to finish off, um, the British Business Bank is not only um, a domestic development bank, we're also the largest limited partner, or institutional investor rather, into UK venture capital in this country. And as such, you know, we are, uh, our operations are broadly commercial, and so we do care about returns. We care about the venture capital set industry in the UK overall being healthy because it is able to prove to the world that it makes world-class returns. We believe that diversity and inclusion is essential to that. If you want to make money, you need to look for the needles in the haystack, not just the ones um, that are the usual suspects. Okay, what do we need to do to, to change these numbers then? Check. I mean, do we need to hold people accountable? Yeah, I think definitely hold people accountable to what they've committed to in here. You know, the 45 funds that have talked about the interventions that they're making. I'd love to see in a year's time us following up with all of these people and saying, you know, what have you actually done? Um, I think the first thing, though, is admitting that we have a problem and for the funds themselves to say, this is this is our problem. This is what we're doing. This is you know the data we've collected about how we're getting on and then regularly reporting on that and prioritizing it. Um, the second thing is for us about training. So we think it's really important to actually understand all those underlying causes and drivers before jumping to the to the solution um, in order to make the most effective solutions. And one of the things that we've done around helping people to do get to the solutions after they've gone through the training is that we've created this toolkit for VC funds, which is available on our website at uh, diversity.vc and anyone can access it. And it's looking at the VC business and breaking it down and looking at you know, what the uh, sourcing strategy should be, what you should be doing around hiring, how you should be onboarding people, what the culture should be. And then 
giving people really tactical advice about ways that they can um, change their processes to become more inclusive. And what about from the BVCA's perspective, David? Well, uh, the BVCA wants to support this and is supporting it and has been supporting it. So uh, firstly, we want to get more of our member firms to uh, submit data and and try and raise um, the degree of transparency around this issue as much as possible. Promoting the resources and and showcasing best practice and giving practical simple advice. You know, as Chuck said earlier on, the average venture capital firm has nine people. It doesn't have a big operations department or and a big HR, HR department. department and yeah. a big. You know, more and more firms ha- are having um, have uh, heads of talent or chief talent officers. That's uh, we're seeing that more, and 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 part of their focus is very much on on diversity going forwards. But the BVCA can showcase and and raise the profile. Um, we can provide resources to VCs, resources to entrepreneurs. Um, we can also um, showcase some of these uh, topics and debate it in um, in open forums at the diversity conference. But we also there are lots of little micro events that so we've been running um, you know, women in private equity breakfast for for well over a decade. Um, there's an LGBT group. There's there, there are lots of different groups at the BVCA and opportunities for people to inca- interact and engage and debate and and just raise the profile of the, of these agendas. You know, I mean, I definitely think that I would encourage the listeners of this podcast to get involved. If you work at a VC or you work at a VC-founded company, get involved. I, I was going to also maybe just give an example of how we've been tackling it within Oxford Capital, yeah, which sure. is um, that we we are seeing um, uh, a fairly small number, about um, 5% of our deal flow is from female founders. It's up from 4% the previous year. So it's improving, but it's still a tiny proportion. Um, so what have we been doing? We've been trying to pick up some of the issues around focusing on, on how we source our deals. So turning over more stones, looking in other, in other haystacks and, and trying to find those needles. Um, networks, as we've already mentioned, is a major role. So we are out there networking and, get, and our team is getting stuck in um, to, to a greater uh, range of networks. The other thing is we've um, approaching VCs can be quite intimidating. If you don't know the people there or you don't have a, an, an immediate connection, that, that can be a challenge. So we've created a, a type form um, uh, a page on our website where, where you can chat with a friendly bot, which uh, will tell you, take you through the steps of how to approach us and how to submit your business plan and, and engage with us. Um, and the other, the other thing is we have a designated champion in the team who's Role and responsible. One of whose roles and responsibility, and we all have many roles, is to focus on on this issue and to attend all the conferences, read the reports, and share the insights with our team. And that's resulted in a couple of things. One is that we've seen more deal flow from female founders. It's still a small number, but it's a it's a greater number. And we've also, in the last year, um, we've made seven investments, three of which were from female founders. Right. Check. Sorry. One other thing that I think we haven't touched on yet, but is a hugely important part of, of this question and really the reason why we as an organisation started with VC is that VC have a disproportionate impact on the companies they fund. And actually the culture and the point of view and the attitude towards diversity and inclusion that the VC has will actually percolate down into the companies that they fund. And the, the tech industry is growing five times faster than the general economy. And if we get this right within the companies that the VCs are funding, then that has an amazing impact on the number of 
um, diverse and female executives that are coming through mm. and they can become the founders of the future. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it's an impact not just on the sector, but also on the country as a whole. I mean, these are the, the, um, the VC-led companies are the stars that the rest of the sector look, uh, and f- you know, look up to. And so they are uh, the role models. They're the ones that grow the fastest. They're supposed to be the world beaters. And so it's not only a disproportionate impact upon the sector, but it's also a disproportionate impact upon the country as a whole, particularly with regards to um, certain key sectors for our our society. Well, I just want to take a a step back. And and actually, this is just picking up on some of the things you were just talking about in terms of the way that the, the deals come to you. The report actually states that women are significantly underrepresented at this stage too. According to the research, 75% of pitch decks that the industry receives are from businesses with no women on the founding team. And in fact, pitch decks from all female founding teams make up just 5% of all approaches. So, check. do we need to address that issue at the top of the funnel? Definitely, yes. Okay. We need to address the issue all the way through the funnel. And I thought you were going to say funnel. that. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't want to prioritise any aspect of intervention above another. I think we all, we need to do all of them. Um, I think one thing that is important to note, though, about this research is that we only looked at the companies that had already submitted their pitch decks to the VC funds. We didn't look before that point about the companies that said, actually, I don't think that sounds or looks like the kind of thing for me. That doesn't look like something that's suitable for my business. I can't see anyone else who looks like me who's gone through this process before. And I think it's you know, up to VCs to become more attractive options for every kind of business. And it's also up to VCs as an industry to highlight the stories of the companies that get funded that do well, um, that are not the sort of typical profile of, of what we would class today as a venture-backed business. So, you know, it, it's it's all the way through the stack um, that we have to go. But I think there are lots of things that we can do right now, today, that will make a big difference. Okay. David? Well, the venture capital sector is a really long-term industry. We think in terms of decades. And, you know, our, our typical funds are 10-year funds. That I think normally they go on for 12 years or more. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and and small changes that are made today are going to have big impacts in the future. When if a small a seed stage investment today of a million pounds could start the journey for a company that becomes a billion dollar business in the future, and what will that do? It will create a lot of um, new entrepreneurs as people have the t- enjoy the taste of success and want to repeat it. So repeat entrepreneurs is a gr- is always comes out of success along with angel investors and next generations of VCs. We're seeing more ex-entrepreneurs come into the venture capital space. So small changes to increase the the number of female entrepreneurs, the number of female founders, the number of um, women in VC are going to have big impacts in the future. And these will create the role models and and, um, will create the role models and the stories, the stories of success that others will follow in the future. I do think, though, it is important not to forget that we live in a broader context. So some of the sectors that are VC-intensive, like life sciences, for example, have slightly higher rates of women, senior executives, um, female scientists, and so on in that sector. And you see that in the in the numbers. Other sectors, like tech, unfortunately, have, tr- well, have uh, slightly less intensity of um, female scientists and entrepreneurs and founders. I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't keep doing positive things in those sectors, just makes it a little bit harder 
Mm. But I think we also need to talk about entrepreneurship as being truly for anyone. We now have the ability to start companies, whoever you are. You don't need to be, you know, have a master's in machine learning to start a tech company. You can use lots of open source software. You can spin something up pretty cheaply and pretty quickly. So I think it's incumbent on us um, to talk about that and to talk about this being a, a real driver for social change. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that a lot of the really great ideas, it's not the tech that makes it, it's the insight into how the underlying customer behavior might change. Yeah, so it's actually social science people who have that insight, and then they just sort of hook up with other tech people to figure out how the te existing tech can make it happen. And that actually, that insight into how human beings and the behavior might change um, so that you can take off into a massive market is, is often um, underestimated. Like you don't have to be a geek to do this. Yeah, you don't have to be a geek to do this. You don't have to be um, a a any kind of profile. And I think the, the point of, of what, why we exist as an organization is to say that diversity in all of its forms, mm. so bringing in everyone from all kinds of different backgrounds, industries, um, educational um, areas can create the best and strongest and best performing um, VC and tech industry. Sure. What, what about the number of women working in the venture capital industry itself, though? David, any thoughts on that? Well, clearly it's too, it's too low, and we've seen that in the data um, shine, shining through at all levels. And one of the issues is that women uh, have limited opportunities to be being promoted and mm. reaching the partner level, and that's, uh, I think, something which, which um, I'm sure we'll be collecting more data on in the years to come. But the, the Venture capital has a has a, can have an image problem. It is amazingly exciting. You get to work with these extraordinary entrepreneurs, the people with so much energy and ideas. It's infectious, but the hours are horrible. the The stress is high. It is a roller coaster ride. There's a lot and of failure. There's a lot of near death, quote unquote, experiences. Yeah, and you, and uh, and you spend your weekends reading investment committee papers and and thinking yeah. about. Uh, you think, get emotionally it, it, invested it, it, into it, companies it, that fail. It is a nonstop industry. Now, it takes a certain character to, to possibly work on that, and I think that's possibly an area that the industry should examine and explore. But it's, um, there, there are pros and cons like in any other sector, and, and I'm sure there's things we could improve. And mm. yeah, check, I think, check's got some views. <laughs> well, I think you know, how people actually get into the industry is a really, really opaque issue at the moment. I mean, mm. there are very few, you know, there's no such thing as a milk round for VC. You don't go to universities yeah. and sort of round up your group of grads and that, you know, becomes your next cohort of people. It's all about, oh, I kind of had coffee with someone and then they introduced me to someone else. And you know, that's how I myself kind of got into the industry and, and just really networking my way to, to do it. And I think we need to acknowledge that's the case and then look at how we can um, make more um, interventions around education and um, also talk about what it takes to be a great VC because there isn't one template. Yes, you need to be able to cope with all of those things. But again, we don't want to form an industry which is as homogenous as it is today. Okay, we've talked around the, the, the issue in the report. So here's your opportunity. Um, what steps can firms take to increase diversity and inclusion in UK venture capital? To check your, obviously you've also you've already talked about your your toolkit. Anything else that you can sort of add to that before I'm going to come to Alice because I know the British Business Bank have got a lot to say on this bit as well. Yeah, I think it's about stating how important it is. Yeah, I think it's about uh, actually doing the training, investing in the training for your whole firm, reading the toolkit, thinking about how you actually get your deal flow, tracking all of that, and then if possible, creating opportunities for serendipity and for people to be able to come and find you and speak to you 
uh, before they even think about approaching you for funding. So having open office hours or having a kind of format which makes um, your firm very inclusive to the broadest range of people. Okay, David? I agree with all of those points. I would just add maybe um, to open, open up the idea of taking on interns. Uh, we've had a lot of success uh, as a firm, uh, having taken on well over 100 interns over the last 20 years uh, through the firm, and we've had an extraordinarily diverse group of people. Um, a lot of internationals, graduates, um, men, women, from people from all over the world, all sorts of different ethnic and religions, and, and that's brought a lot of interesting diversity into the firm. And the other opportunity is, is we've, we've had interns who've come in at, at a returning to work stage, so typically mothers who've taken, who've had successful careers, who've taken some time out to raise their families and now want to come back into the industry. And uh, the internship is an opportunity, it's a real win-win in terms of giving people the opportunity to prove themselves and learn and get back into the work and also for the firm to, to, test, the, um, to, to test the candidate over time. And that could, can lead to people either staying on the firms or, or finding roles in, in other firms. You know, it, because we're small firms, we don't always have open vacancies that people can just jump into. There isn't a milk round, as you say. We can't take on 50 people with the expectation that 30 of them will um, will make it through the first six months. It's it's much more selective and it's much more about human chemistry and, and, and connections. Sure. And from the uh, British Business Bank's perspective? Alice? So overall, the key message is to get involved. But specifically, um, we think that it'd be great for the venture capital uh, industry as a whole to commit to saying that, you know, first of all, this matters. Second of all, to actually back that up with collection of data, because, you know, data is, um, is absolutely critical and to share that. You know, secrecy abounds, but nevertheless. And to connect with other people and not think that you have to reinvent this. I mean, you know, um, check us out here with these fantastic resources. You know, don't don't you know, reinvent it. You know, use, use the best practice that's out there. And at the same time, contribute to the, um, the current state of the art and you know, develop steps to increase diversity, see if it's working, track it through, you know, test and learn, and then you know, share that more broadly so that everyone else can learn from it as well. And so on that note, where is the best place for listeners who want to find out more information uh, about all this? Where, where can they go well, they to get all go, that and also download the report? Which you can is download the report. They should go to our website. Head over to britishbusinessbank.co.uk forward slash female founders. And of course, go over to the BBCA and Diversity VC's website as well. Yes, please do. And one other um, intervention that would be interesting to sort of highlight at this point is, is something called OneTech, which is going on as a partnership between Tech Nation, Capital Enterprise, Diversity VC and uh, multiple other groups. And it's got a target of encouraging 200 black and minority ethnic founders and female founders into accelerators and into VCs. And that is a organisation that's set up and wants mentors and wants people to help um, that that project. So um, that's also information on our website, diversity.vc. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's loads more we can be talking about. But for now, um, Alice, uh, Hugh Wagner, uh, Francesca Warner and David Mott, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic as well. So if you'd like to contribute to the discussion, you can do that on our Facebook and LinkedIn pages or on our Twitter feed as well. They're all linked from the top of the website at csuitepodcast.com, uh, where you'll also find all our previous shows and supporting show notes, plus links to where you can subscribe to the series on all 
all the usual podcast platforms and as we always say if you're on itunes and enjoyed the show then do give us a positive rating and review because that helps us climb the business charts and it means more people get to hear about this important uh, industry uh, discussion that we've been having today and um, just a reminder again of that url uh, that alice gave out so if you want to get a copy of the uk vc and female founders report and hopefully contribute to further research then simply go to www.britishbusinessbank.co.uk slash female founders uh, finally if you'd like to get in touch with this show uh, you can do that via the contact form on the uh, website at csweekpodcast.com or you can reach me via twitter using at russ goldsmith but for now thanks for listening and goodbye